0: Hey, friends, welcome to 1000 Words Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark. This week I'm excited to welcome another special guest essayist to the podcast, my friend Mary Beth Barber. Mary Beth and I connected because we both write for the Cultivating Project, and I've enjoyed her work there and also over at her personal blog called A Writer's Tale. Uh, where she writes about the twists and turns of the creative process, she reviews books and movies, and she just kind of generally explores story craft from the standpoint of Christian faith. Uh, we're also both from small towns in the Deep South, which is kind of fun. Mary Beth says, quote, I'm a small-town Southerner captivated by the tales of underdogs, homebodies, and royalty, when I'm not blogging or writing novels, I'm reading, gardening, and collecting figurines of my favorite fictional characters on my family's hobby farm in Louisiana. Close quote. Uh, take some time to check out Mary Beth's blog at marybethbarber.com, and be sure to sign up for her newsletter, and check out her podcast even, uh, called The Movie Score, that she co-hosts with her brother Ben. Go find more of her essays at The Cultivating Project and keep your eyes open for Marybeth's debut novel, Operation Lionhearted, which will be releasing October 13th, 2021. Uh, she's also on Instagram at marybeth.barber. So, a few weeks back, Marybeth and I had a little conversation about the pressure to live up to the unreasonable expectations of fame and achievement and um, how there seems to be just some constant undercurrent of disdain for those who pursue a small, quiet, industrious life. And then we remembered Bilbo saying, it's no bad thing to celebrate a simple life. And then that led us to Wendell Berry's poem, The Mad Farmer's Liberation Front, where Berry exposes that insidious disdain for everything small and quiet and encourages us to defy those systems that would seek to flatten the world into mere, you know, consumeristic utilitarianism. So, in this essay, Mary Beth will explore what Wendell Berry means when he implores us to do something that won't compute, arguing that it's, it's less about rebelling against the culture for rebellion's sake and more about living and loving well. So, a big welcome to Mary Beth Barber this week, and here she is with her essay entitled The Defiance of Laughter.
1: Love the quick profit, the annual raise, vacation with pay. Want more of everything ready made. Be afraid to know your neighbors and to die, and you will have a window in your head. Not even your future will be a mystery anymore your mind will be punched in a card and shut away in a little drawer. Thus, Wendell Berry, author, poet, farmer, and rebel, begins his famous poem, Manifesto, The Mad Farmer Liberation Front. Long before I read any of Berry's novels, I read this poem, and something about it settled deep into my soul, especially the way he introduces his solution to the dismal chaos of modern American life. So, friends, every day, do something that won't compute. As a homeschool graduate who chose to live at home with my family and pursue my writing career, I am no stranger to nonconformity. An introverted homebody from childhood, I was the little kid who burst into tears one day and begged my parents not to send me away to a college campus. I knew by that point that what I really wanted to do was write stories, and yet the older I grew and the more I knew of the world, I came to the sobering realization that this meant I'd probably never meet certain traditional expectations. This was a terrifying revelation, made all the more unnerving by pointed comments, worried questions, and subtle pressures to reconsider from well-meaning friends and family. On the one hand, I was eager to make my own choices and live the simple, creative life I desired. But on the other, I was determined to make my small rebellion worthwhile. I would never be idle at home. I would publish my books and keep a blog, and I would succeed no matter what. I wouldn't discover Wendell Berry's poignant turn of phrase until well into my late 20s, yet I can say that I deliberately and happily chose to do something that won't compute. Over the years, that decision has given me the freedom to enjoy and serve my family, keep a weekly job, self-publish my first novel, and contribute to various ministries and collaborative writing projects. In many ways, this is the quiet, peaceful life my little hobbit soul always wanted. And yet, despite the joy and fulfillment I have experienced, doubt and fear have always plagued me. More often than I care to admit, I worry that my lifestyle's insignificant and unsustainable. That's why I resonate so strongly with Kathleen Kelly in the iconic film You've Got Mail, when she writes, Sometimes I wonder about my life. I lead a small life, well, valuable, but small. And sometimes I wonder, do I do it because I like it or because I haven't been brave? I'd love to tell you that I'm always confident, that I no longer care what people think of my choices, and that I've never looked back. The truth is that I've wrestled my entire life with a frantic need to show the world that I'm just as tough and relentlessly productive as everyone else. I've craved the opportunity to wave my accomplishments in all my skeptics' faces and say, You see? I don't have to look like everyone else. I can do things my way and do just fine, thank you very much. But do you hear it? insidious, arrogant, activity-driven striving? How is this attitude of mine any different from the kind of life I've actively tried to avoid? In my high-and-mighty dudgeon, I hear echoes of the frenetic busyness that Wendell Berry describes at the beginning of his poem. Not even your future will be a mystery anymore, he warns, and I know that if I wallow in an embittered struggle against modern expectations, my resentful self-justification will define my future. But perhaps there is a more excellent way, a more peaceful way, that has less to do with looking different and proving myself, and more to do with living well, loving well, and laughing well. If Wendell had ended his poem with his dreary account of modern society, his manifesto would be a depressing one indeed. But thank goodness the poem isn't over yet. Berry goes on to describe what it means to do something that won't compute every single day of our lives. Love the Lord, he writes. Love the world. Work for nothing. Take all that you have and be poor. Love someone who does not deserve it. Denounce the government and embrace the flag. Invest in the millennium. Expect the end of the world. Laugh. Laughter is immeasurable. Be joyful though you have considered all the facts. Practice resurrection. I think Barry is proposing here that a life that doesn't compute stems not out of rebellion for rebellion's sake, but from love, joy, peace patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Living a life that doesn't compute, a life that quietly and joyfully defies our chaotic culture, means that I choose to see my life as a lavish feast given to me by the God who sees me, and not Exhibit A of my self-sufficiency in the court of public opinion. This choice is transformative. When I truly believe that my small life is seen and cherished by the Lord God Almighty, I no longer feel the need to strive for anyone else's approval. And when I am free, then I can laugh. Not in derision, but in immeasurable merriment. I can invest my time and toil in our garden, even as I expect the end of the world. I'm even free to consider hard facts such as this one. Writing will probably never make me rich. But I also know the joy that comes when my characters leap off the page and sweep me into their adventures. And I wouldn't miss that delight for all the money in the world. So, do we live our small lives because we like it, or because we haven't been brave? Well, I would propose to Kathleen Kelly, and to anyone else walking this road less traveled, that your small life is the brave life. But you aren't brave just because you're different. You are brave because you love well, work well, think well, and rejoice well. This is the holy defiance of laughter. This is the beauty of a life that doesn't compute. When I was a child, my mother kept the following quote from William Henry Channing as a laminated poster in her kitchen. Not only have these words defined her as a homeschool mom, but I see their long-lasting impact on my heart and on the things I cherish most. May these words encourage you as you, too, seek the quiet glory of a simple life. To live content with small means, to seek elegance rather than luxury, and refinement rather than fashion to be worthy, not respectable, and wealthy, not rich, to study hard, think quietly, talk gently, act frankly, to listen to stars and birds, to babes and sages, with open heart, to bear all cheerfully, to bravely await all occasions, hurry never, in a word, to let the spiritual, unbidden and unconscious, grow up through the common, this is to be my symphony.
0: Thanks so much, Mary Beth, for sharing with us this week. It's so good to have you on the podcast. I think it takes a lot of courage to live differently, to live beautifully, to live lovingly in this world today. And we need brave examples of folks who've affirmed the glory of a simple life, even though it doesn't compute. Uh, And that can open the way for others to see that it is possible. Um, So thanks for, for sharing with us. Uh, please remember to go check out Marybeth's blog at marybethbarber.com sign up for her newsletter check out her podcast, The Movie Score follow her on Instagram at marybeth.barber and be on the lookout for her debut novel Operation Lionhearted which releases October 13th 2021 Um, lastly, just go find her online and let her know that you enjoyed her episode that is always a big encouragement um Okay, that's all for this week. Thanks so much for stopping by, and I'll see you next time on 1,000 Words, Stories on the Way.